Well, welcome everybody tonight to this special call that we are doing. This is not going to be a Young Living specific training because I just felt this topic was so darned important that I wanted to share this with all of you. Um, I'll get into the reason why here in just a minute. But just so you know, this is not going to be a Young Living training. Uh, Dr. Mitchell is not a Young Living distributor, so if he says anything about Young Living that you know, that's his, that's his feelings about Young Living and his opinion. But if we happen to go in that way, we do. And if we don't, we don't. But I just wanted to preface this call with that, okay, dot, dot, dot. But let me give you the, the little bit of background that I have in this, uh, this whole thing and why I even have Roby with me is because I personally have dealt with thyroid issues for a very long time. And most of the time in my life, looking back at my old labs, it was never caught in the labs. And myself, I am a health practitioner for 15 years, and I knew that I always had something, quote, not right. And a lot of you understand what I'm saying about this. You know, you know something's not right, but the labs come back normal. You're told everything is fine. You're in range and everything's good, but you're like, why am I tired, sick, and fat? My tongue is white. I have horrible gas. I itch all the time. I mean, you've got you've got this whole list of symptoms, hormones, crazy. You know, you got everything going on. You can't lose a pound even if you just drink water for a month. These are the things that can indicate something is obviously off. And I was in that situation, and I uh, was banging my head because I couldn't do anything about it because the medication that I was prescribed was creating issues for me. And I asked one of my good friends. I said, uh, Patty, I said, I, she's a health practitioner too. I said, Patty, I'm just banging my head against the wall. I, I don't know what to do because I I know my thyroid's off. I know it's the root of all this stuff that's going on with me. I just, I don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas? And she said, I know exactly who you need to talk to. Contact Roby Mitchell and here on Facebook and see what he's got going on. And that's how this whole thing unfolded. And I've been very, very, very blessed to have been supported by Roby and learning from him. And then he also works with Dr. Kevin Martin, who is fantastic as well. And between the two of them, their work, oh, I can't even begin, I'm like speechless. Because <laughs> Roby, he said, you know, you, you make some tweaks, and in, in within four weeks you're going to see just incredible changes in your numbers. And I tested my numbers at exactly four weeks. And I said, holy cow, I'm a believer, and that's when I decided to learn more. And my clients are very grateful. I have uh, probably about a dozen thyroid clients myself because I just can't not help people with these nutritional changes and things like that. So that's the reason why this call exists. And there's also going to be an announcement, well, we'll talk here in a little bit, that Roby is actually coming to Minneapolis to do a two-day live seminar. So that will be uh, we'll discuss that in a little bit here, but I just want to jump into the call and get everything going. So for those of you that don't know Roby Mitchell, a.k.a. Dr. Fit, he practiced medicine for a very long time. And, you know, his favorite, my favorite, uh, I guess you'd say, quote of his, that it's, it's on his website, but I've, you know, been watching him on all the Facebook things. He says, you know, you'll never medicate your way out of diseases you behave yourself into. So <laughs> I think that's like the, one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. And, you know, he's he's got a, an incredible history. He's, you know, studied around the world, many, many clients. He's from Amarillo, Texas, and 
He is the black seed oil guy. In case if uh, you guys have followed me on Facebook, you know that I've been bitten by the fever of black seed oil myself. And black seed oil is not an essential oil like lavender or peppermint. It's a fatty acid oil that's incredibly versed in its healing properties, and it's been documented forever and ever. But uh, I, I'm just really thrilled to have come across all of this information, and uh, we'll be able to hit that here in a second. So welcome, Dr. Mitchell, to the call. We really appreciate you here, and uh, I know these lines are getting packed because we had 100 on at 7, and that usually means we're going to be about four or 500 on tonight. So welcome, and uh, thanks for taking the time to come chat with everybody. Well, I'm so glad to be here, Jen, and continue to spread the gospel of help, make it infectious. <laughs> well, you you <laughs> that no pun intended, right? <laughs> right. It's a good infection, or is it overgrowth, Roby? <laughs> no, no, this is an infection, so most people don't have this. <laughs> you guys, in order to understand that joke, you'd have to follow Roby on Facebook. He's really easy to find. Just put Roby Mitchell and find him on Facebook. There's all these. I guess we call them Robyisms, Roby, because <laughs> you've got your ac- like MSU, and you know, it's just like, is it an infection or is it overgrowth? You know, where are we at here with that? So we're going to talk about how to cure damn near everything. And so for you, being, you know, you know, I don't know. Um, let's talk about this first because. People think, well, that C word is a four-letter word, you know. So what do you mean by how to cure damn near everything? Well, most of, when I say that, most of the medical conditions that we in Western medicine treat are not real, are not diseases. They are these conditions that we have behaved ourselves into. And there is this emperor new clothes type of phenomenon that has happened in, um, in in our consciousness that has us believing we actually have disease. And people will say, I, they won't say I have diabetes. They will say I am a diabetic or I am, you know, an arthritic or this, right? And we accept these things just because we have been uh, brainwashed, and, and, and myself included, into believing there were diseases. When we were in medical school, that foundation was laid down, and we were scripted to believe in something called essential hypertension, which means it's high blood pressure that we don't know why why you have it. So when I developed high blood pressure, actually that almost kept me out of the the Marine Corps. I had slightly high blood pressure at my uh, entrance exam for the Marine Corps, and um, fortunately, you know, the recruiting officer knew just to lay me down a little bit, right, and uh, check it again a little later, and it was okay, and I got into the Marine Corps, Marine Officer uh, Training School. But then as I got older, that, that didn't work anymore, and I just had high blood pressure. So my knee jerk was to just think that this was a disease, and it needed a drug, and I got a prescription for the drug, you know, from one of my local uh, uh, doctors here and took the drug. And fortunately for me, you know, that made me so sick. It made me rethink this idea about high blood pressure being an actual disease. I mean, because ironically, my PhD was in cardiovascular pharmacology where I, what I did on a daily basis was uh, cut off uh, rat tails, uh, 
the arteries and immerse them in different concentrations of um, of ions, you know, magnesium, calcium, potassium, and so forth, and see what made them contract. So in the back of my mind, you know, I knew that you know, calcium made these arteries contract, magnesium made them relax and lower blood pressure, same thing with potassium. And this was about the time we were starting to learn all this information, uh, and it was in all the medical journals about fruits and vegetables and eating correctly and reversing disease. So I decided, you know, I'd try that route. And when I did that, then my blood pressure normalized, and that really was um, the genesis of me starting to move in this direction. So from there, I just started to follow the breadcrumbs, the physiological breadcrumbs, I would say, that allowed me to get my own health back in order. So I had the high blood pressure, I had high cholesterol, and I was overweight. So this is this this trilogy is called metabolic syndrome when you have all of those things. And there's a couple of others that can be added on, uric acid and elevated uh, liver enzymes. But I had metabolic syndrome. And, again, through following these physiologic breadcrumbs, I was able to reverse that. I was an emergency room doctor, so once I did that for myself, then, you know, the onus, the, um, the moral, ethical onus was then on me to at least make that presentation to other people that came in to me that, you know, I can write you a prescription for this pill, but let me tell you what I did, right, and I would give them the choice. And then later on, I just stopped giving them a choice. If you came to me, you had to um, acquiesce and do the, you know, the right physi- physiological things, you know, change what you eat and that type of thing if you wanted to uh, to get healed. So as I started to do that, I just saw, you know, just, just about everything was reversible, right? And these were not conditions, but, again, they were physiological imbalances that if we got the body back in balance, they just went away just, just like your oil light would go out if you put oil back in your car. Yes. Yes, and so when in your practice, because I know you got, you know, you went through and you went through the Marine Corps and you came out and then you started practicing, when in your practice did you really, like, fully immerse in this or was it even from the beginning when you're just going, oh, my gosh, you know, because uh, a lot of times you see a, a physician will, their, their practice will morph over time, you know. <laughs> you know, you go from the emergency room and then if you go into private practice and then you go, wait a minute, here goes five, ten years, and all of a sudden you're just like scratching your head going, okay, this isn't working. You know, at what point did that happen for you where you really were hardcore nutrition and going that route first with people? Uh, that was in around, I think, 92, and I had, I was still hanging on to the emergency room because I mean, I was, I made a lot of money <laughs> doing that, you know, in a short period of time. Uh, but there was an acupuncturist that came to town that needed a proctor. So back then, in order to practice acupuncture, you had to have a person with a medical license oversee you. And this guy came in from Hong Kong, and there was another doctor that was already here that knew me, and he asked me if I would oversee this guy. And I said, sure. Uh, background on that is that when I did this, my Ph.D., they, I was sent over to China right, to study herbal medicine and so forth. And so for four months, I had that exposure, so I, I knew that this worked, so I had no problem, you know, proctoring someone. And he would um, – he had his office, and so – but my name was on the marquee as the medical person. And so when people would come in, they would think that I knew what I was doing, and I didn't. <laughs> 
and uh, you know, because I mean, this guy was just an expert, uh, you know, holistic practitioner, you know, with acupuncture, and um, you know, people would start asking me about nutritional questions, you know, that I had no idea about. So, and so I would, I had all my books in the back, and I was, well, just, just hold on a minute. <laughs> I would run back and flip through pages, you know, and find the answers and come back. And, uh, and and that's you know after a while I realized you know I, I can't keep this charade going for very long I'm gonna have to go and get trained so I went to two doctors um, you know fortunately the internet um, the advent of the internet had come about then and I was just able to get online and kind of see who was doing nutritional medicine I figured if this does work so well I couldn't be the first one to figure it out someone else had to have already been uh, doing this so I found two doctors one was Dr. Hugh Reardon who was in Wichita, Kansas and another Dr. Jonathan Wright that's in Washington so packed up bags you know and went and stayed with each of them and then when I came back I, I, I felt that my fund of knowledge was strong enough that I could just cut the ties with the emergency room and just open up my own practice focused on nutritional, regenerative, you know, preventive medicine. Dr. Jonathan Wright is a wise man. He's, he, for anybody out there that wants to learn and read, go check him out. He is absolutely amazing. So you're trying to say, Roby, that things like diabetes and cancer and lupus and fibromyalgia and Hashimoto's, all that stuff, that's all reversible through nutrition and lifestyle. Yes, and um, and, and hormonal replacement. So the bioidentical hormones like thyroid hormones. So these hormones, they are the computer programmers of the DNA in our body. So there has to be that hormonal interface with your um, the nucleus of your cell, that DNA. Those. Um, those uh, keys have to be punched, you know, on a daily basis in order to keep us healthy. That's really the deciding factor between the the vigor and vitality of youth and the senility and frailty of old age is whether you have good hormone levels, right? And, and across the board, from you know, thyroid to testosterone to um, you know, the the three types of estrogen and progesterone and so forth. So that uh, hormonal orchestration goes a long way also. So all those things have to be present. The, the biochemical hormones, the nutrition, right, we need to exercise and that type of thing. The things that are supposed to be in us, we should have in us. The things that are not supposed to be in us, like heavy metals and parasites and these other things, we have to make sure that we get those out. If we do that, it becomes really like farming. You just put the seeds in and, and water and make sure there's sunshine and then you're, here comes tomatoes. <laughs> you don't get corn when you plant tomato seeds. <laughs> well, unless it's G- GMO, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> frog genes. This is crazy. So, if um, you know, you've got on your website your well, that your name, you know, your nickname is Doctor Fit. And if people don't know where to find you, Doctor Fit, it's D R F I T T dot com. You have an incredible resource on there called the Symptom Profiles. And people can go there um, and just on the – it's on the top on the right side. You'll see the buttons. It says symptoms pro, symptom profiles, and you'll see a handsome picture of Roby in a suit leaning up against a pole and gives him some background. But at the bottom, if you scroll down uh, – oops, sorry, the picture is actually on the – about us um, – is the symptom profiles when you click on the symptom profiles. And you print those forms out and see where you're at on that, and you can work with practitioners who will – 
be able to help you and clarify really what's going on with your body because it, it, can we only rely on labs or do we also need to look at these these symptoms to put the two together or how do you read that or when you're training practitioners as well symptom profiles and labs together yeah well it, it's a um, you gain an expertise to where you really don't pay too much attention to the uh, to the lab, and certainly even when you do, you give primacy to physical exam. So these symptoms will tell you that there's something up a long time before the the lab does. So the lab may not, particularly if you're looking at the, the conventional windows of normalcy, like with the thyroid, right, if you're looking at the conventional uh, levels, like in your case, it, it never showed up that you had that you were hypothyroid, but you were right. And had somebody that had been trained under me looked at you, they would have said, "Oh, Jen, you know your your problem is that you need thyroid hormone." So, uh, so they are different now. But the way that I will teach you when people come to this seminar, the way that I teach you to read lab will be a bit different in such that you will use a stronger magnifying glass and pick up things a lot earlier. So you will tell people that their blood sugar is abnormal using lab work that a conventional medical doctor will look at to tell them that's normal. The same thing with thyroid, the same thing with uh, investigating whether somebody has um, a hydrochloric acid deficiency, uh, the same as with when people develop what we call non-alcoholic dietitis, like the yeast gets into the liver, you'll be able to diagnose that a lot earlier. I tell you what, Roby, it is so, so incredibly frustrating. You know, my practice is nutrition, so I cannot diagnose, prescribe, treat. You know, I can advise and educate, and you know, people have to do their own thing. But when I, when my clients, even from people that I've worked with over the years, they come to me and they go, look at my labs, you know, and, and that the doctor ran for them. And I look at their labs and I say, so what do they say? You know, you always got to be the investigator, you know, with the questions. I said, so what did your doctor say? Oh, I'm fine. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, like, slam my forehead. I'm like, really? What? Well, really? And I just said, well, let me let me teach you how I've learned how to read these labs. And then you can go back to your doctor and have another discussion about this. I mean, it's it's just crazy. But the way you've taught me, and, and Kevin also works with me, too, um, because that poor boy, I send him over labs, these crazy labs all the time. I'm like, what? You know, him and I are like, what? <laughs> you know, like TSH of 89, you know, and we're like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's, you know, that's, another resource that's, on, that's another resource that's on the website in addition to those symptom profiles, and anyone can access those. I mean, those were basically an expediency for me. Um, you know, I mean, I would spend two hours with and when I first started this, you know, with a person in the office going asking them each one of those questions individually, right? And I got to the point where I said, well, I'm asking the same questions over and over and over. You know, let me, uh, um, you know, modernize this and put it put them on paper and let the patients do that before they ever get to me. So that cut my time uh, in office exam time in half. So that was a tool and expediency, and I have it up there. Anybody can download those and use them um, as they please. And then the same thing with this, what we call the weather reports, and the uh, the play on words there is that it predicts whether or not some of these catastrophes like cancer and diabetes and so forth may be in your, past, in your future. 
That is also just on the website. I give brief explanation of each, do a line item on each one of those uh, indices on the hemogram and give you a little explanation about what it should be, uh, you know, what it is and what it should be uh, from a, a weather report perspective. You know, the symptoms profile for all of you that are listening is very, very, very comprehensive. It's, it's many pages of questions that you can really get a handle of what's going on. And, I, Roby, I've been on your site many times just going through your articles and reading and reading and rereading again, and even where you've got your products listed because you've developed some very incredible products, which I have to do a commercial for one of them, and I swear to you, you guys, it saved my life. And you won't believe what it is in a second, but you give a lot of information even at reading all the products. But I just have to give a 20-second commercial on the OMG spray because for those of you that don't know me personally, and some of you do know, I was exposed to mold very badly, and Monty, my partner, was too. And we didn't know we were living in a mold-infested house, and the mold started growing in my sinuses, and nothing over-the-counter, even when you go to the allergist, they look up your nose with a flashlight, and they say, oh, you're inflamed, but I have no mucus and no infection. And they just said, we'll give you steroids. And I was it was so bad, I couldn't even see straight and. I found the OMG, Roby's like, get this OMG spray, you know, and I started using this nasal spray that he has. I'm telling you, Roby, that was the biggest gift on the entire planet. I mean, black seed oil rocks, don't get me wrong, but that OMG spray for fungal sinus and, oh, oh my gosh, people, if you have reoccurrent sinus issues that are not handled Go get that. I'm just saying, Roby. I'm just going to do a commercial because I will <laughs> never, ever, ever not have that in my house. I always will have a second bottle of it that is completely full in case I ever run out of it. That stuff saved my life. I mean, my sinuses hurt so bad, but there was no discharge. And how did, by the how, by the way, how did that come up you for you even formulating that? Because there is nothing out there that is remotely even near that that particular yeah. item. What, what, why did you do that product? The, the way that evolved is that I read an article. Um, this was back in the late 90s, and it was by the ear, nose, and throat doctors, um, the otolaryngologist at, at Mayo Clinic there in, in, in Minnesota. And they had uh, uh, discovered or realized you know, that they just had this revolving door of people like you. So you'd come in with um, you know, bacterial sinusitis, they give you antibiotics, and then you're okay for a month or two months, and then the infection would reoccur. And come back in, they give you another round of antibiotics, right? And this just continued to go in this revolving door pattern. And one of them scratched his head and said, well, maybe we're not fighting bacteria. Well, he started culturing his patients to see what would grow, and he found out that 96% of the time, this, the sinus issues the underlying etiology or infectious agent was fungus. There were about um, four or five different fungi that normally inhabit the human sinuses, and if they overgrow, then it causes all these problems, right? It also um, inhibits the immune system, and then once the immune system is inhibited, then the bacteria take over. And that's the basic scenario, not just for sinusitis, but for staph and, you know, um, uh, E. coli and the bladder and all these other problems in general, right? <clears throat> so 
uh, and so I said, well, and so what they did was they started giving a prescription antifungal ketoconazole to these patients, and everything cleared up. And so with my background in plant science, uh, I knew which um, you know which of these uh, plant chemicals you know were really good at killing fungus. So I put things in there that would naturally kill fungus. I also put things like quercetin in there that would inhibit you producing you know these histamines. And just you know just put it, it was easy. Once I knew the pathophysiology, it was you know very easy for me just to put a formula together you know to take care of everything. So that I think is the maybe a unique thing that I bring to the table is my understanding of human physiology and then tying that in with, with plant science. Well, that's what you're going to be teaching in this workshop. And for those of you that are, you know, I, I mean, I can't, how do you want to say, I have so many words in my head, I can't even get them out of my mouth because I was so excited with my own results and then seeing, you know, following you on different things on Facebook. I'm like, I got to have this guy come to Minneapolis and train myself and my friends, you know, who are practitioners because you, you're really, what I love about what you do, Roby, is that it's very simple. You know, there is so much complicated crap out there on the internet and in books. I mean, I read some of these books and they're like, 600 pages on autoimmune thyroid, and by the time you even read the first page, you're ready to scream. And it, it's like, wait a minute, this can't be that hard, you know. And and when I fo- started following you, because I got caught up in hard, I caught up in, M, you know, MTHFR and NIPS and you know all these weird things with you know autoimmunity, thyroid, and uh, I got like a whole new library because of it. And I said, this can't be that hard. It just can't. And then I got pointed to into your direction, and I said, "Thank God, you know." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, and if this is the way, you know, you are here, like following you and and watching some of your videos on YouTube, I said, I got to have this guy come. And you're very simple in your approach because you've mentioned before that you have made it really hard in the past, and it all it it's always come back to these simple things but very specific that you're going to be teaching to everybody that's going to be attending that. Well, you know, the um, it, it's very, for a person like me, you know, and I was a kid that in class, you know, I didn't have to take notes, uh, you know, I could, I have this photographic memory and I can listen to things and information and I can matrix it. And when then when it's time to take a test, it's like I'm cheating. I'm looking at the book because all that I'm just looking at that information in my in my head. So it's very easy for me to remember all the you know the complicated chemical pathways and uh, and then to regurgitate that stuff back, right? So, but as I got more into healing and started studying more and, and more pathways, you know, you know the MTHFR and uh, Krebs cycle, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was really good at absorbing all that material, but it was a rabbit hole, and just it seems the more I would learn, the more there was to learn. And it just started to, even for me, it just started to get very complicated, you know, with these pathways, you know, of cholesterol and, uh, you know, and even B12 and, and so forth. <laughs> What I was seeing once I started this 
is it was the simplicity of when I was an emergency room doctor. So as an emergency room doctor, you know, we have what was my thing gun club here in Amarillo, and they meet on Saturday nights around 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it, the meeting adjourns, you know, when there's a pool cue to the head that splits your head, your scalp wide open. And then post-meeting, you come to visit me, right, and I'm trying to put the scalp back together. Well, there's like seven different layers, you know, of uh, skin from, you know, your, uh, between your hair and your skull. And so I would have to put each one of those separately, each one of those layers back together, stitch them together, and then uh, send, the person, now send the person out. And then seven, ten days later, they come back, and all of that's healed up. Right. And all I did was uh, uh, anastomose the you know the uh, edges of the skin back together, and then like magic, you know, that would heal. I got very interested in, in, in how that happened, and so I read all that science about healing, and it's very complicated. But what I realized that all that complicated stuff happened without me, without me knowing about it, without me having any indication of all of that science. If I would just put everything, put the skin edges back together, the body would do the rest. That's when I kind of started to relax about me having to know everything. And I started to realize that if I would just plant the seed in water and get sunshine, right, the, the, the body would heal itself. Yes, and that is huge. You know, it seems like so many practitioners don't trust the body anymore and when i read so stuff like i'm an information pig i mean i i love learning and i have incredible library if you guys could see this i mean we gave away when we moved a couple of times probably 20 boxes of books and and so we love information but you can you can get so complicated in this and then not it, i think it goes back to people don't trust the human body that there's an intelligence there that will do what it needs to do given the right circumstance. And I, it, I, I, do you feel that way? Like so many people just like have lost all faith in what we're supposed to, you know, our bodies have the power to do. I don't know if we people have lost faith or again, it's this emperor's new clothes type brainwashing, right? That has made us think otherwise. And, and on the other side of that, you know, make no mistake there is uh, an economic um, push to make you continue to believe that way. I mean, if I'm the doctor with the prescription pad, right, and your access to the, I'm kind of the gatekeeper to the you know the, the pharmaceutical industry, in order for me to continue to be important, right, I have to keep that narrative going about you know this. You know, uh, essential hypertension or diabetes being diseases, right? I mean, it's in my best interest to continue that narrative, to make you continue to believe that, or and even to delude myself into believing that, right? So, um, you know, it's that that is perpetuated for many different reasons, cultural and economical and social and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, it's – how do you want to say this? I believe – in, you know, from my perspective, that we are programmed as soon as we can learn, you know, even as, as children so small that there is this system that's going to save you if you get into some, you know, very uh, deep dilemma with your health. And, you know, I'm experiencing some of that with my family right now. And 
you know, I've studied this stuff for 15 years and a family member of mine has cancer right now. And, and I'm like, listen to me, you know, not, I mean, you've got to make your own decisions. Obviously people have to make their own decisions, but I'm like, please check out these other things. And, and before you make decisions and even the decisions you make, you know, if you decide to go with conventional medicine, look at the data on that and what you're going to be doing because, I I tell you, it's when the fear comes in, people just, they've been, I believe that subconsciously people have just been programmed to think that there's a savior out there that's behind that prescription pad. And there's, you know, what is it? The third leading cause of death is itrogenic, you know, events, you know, in this country, you know, the third leading cause of death is the medical error incident. And most of that's not even being reported. So, um, and I'm not saying doctors are bad. I mean, it's not it at all. It's just that if we, be, we as in everybody, the practitioners, the doctors, the patients, everybody becomes more informed. Um, and it's happening. I know it's definitely happening. People are looking for answers. They want to know. They want to be empowered. It's another reason why we're doing this call. It's another reason why we're doing a live workshop because when we know – and we have the information, then we can make decisions on our own care, whether we go traditional medical or we bring in nutrition or we do herbs, or but we know information and then we can pick the right thing that fits for whatever we're, you know, wherever we're at mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, whatever the journey happens to be, we can make those decisions because I know too, you yourself, Roby, you've been in some dire straits with your own health. Yeah, there was, the, of course, the, the metabolic syndrome where I had the high blood pressure and the diabetes and the high cholesterol and overweight. I was 35, and I had a 7-year-old come in with a stroke, and so that got my attention as far as getting those things under control. Uh, my mother developed, um, she developed stage 4 colon cancer in 2000 and I kind of dropped everything and um, went to help her and, and, and that's how I started to learn about how to make cancer reverse itself You know, my work with her. She died in May of 2006. In August of that same year, I was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, you know, uh, these cancers are something that evolve over many, many years, and it, it begins, you know, with the foundation of your genetics. And my, my dad had had prostate cancer, so yeah, I knew that that was uh, in my genetics. Unfortunately, you know, I had been uh, monitoring myself, and so when that did happen, you know, I, I mean, the care fairly easy. I mean, it was not uh, a light switch easy, but certainly. Uh, the type of cancer that I had would be on the level of a Hurricane Katrina, right? I mean, so it was like a, a seven, uh, as far as what we call a, a Gleason score. So it was a very serious cancer, and prostate cancer is more serious in African-American males for some reasons that we'll talk about. 
But uh, but uh, but I was able to. I didn't have any surgery. I didn't have any radiation. I didn't have any chemotherapy. Right. So I, I reversed it uh, in the, this way that I'm going to uh, teach at the at the workshop. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, the that's kind of the worst case scenario as far as holistic medicine goes is reversing cancer. So if you can, if you do that, right, you 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 you've got to know what you're doing. That doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> no, and and uh, it like you said, it takes many years to get there. But there there are so many signs prior to that happening, which I know you're going to talk about. Where there's the red flag, here's a red flag, here's a red flag. You know, and one of my favorite things that I've ever seen you promote is when you talk about. Um, and can you? I'm just going to lead you to what this is, and I want you to explain it because nobody can explain it better to you, but when they talk about the um, in the scriptures, you know, where people are, it's, fire is going to be the next thing that takes the hum, you know, takes us down, but you've got a little bit different perspective on that, and I, I really think you've nailed this on the head. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Well, yeah, it was a, an interesting thing that just came into my mind, of course, and you know, everybody who's studied the Bible knows about the flood, and so God almost completely destroyed everything. You know, it's going to start all over, and gave us those forty days and forty nights of, of rain, and uh, and then the the rainbow came, and uh, that was the promise that God was not going to destroy the earth again with um, with water. Well, there's an old Negro spiritual that is called the Fire Next Time. It actually became a book by a very prolific writer, James Baldwin. And the the intimation there was, you know, that God's not going to destroy the earth by water next time. It'll be the fire next time. Well, it just so happens that the the process that underwrites most of these Western medical conditions that we call diseases is inflammation. So this process of inflammation is the uh, again, the, the process that's underlying where there is this sinusitis that you have or vascular disease or you know, stroke or even cancer, osteoporosis, everything's connected with inflammation. And so it's just so interesting to me that when you look up the Latin derivative of inflammation, inflammation means on fire. We are literally, I mean, our world is being destroyed by fire now. It's inflammation, but it's an internal fire. Yes, and it's just like that is just so brilliant. And when I talk, when I do classes myself, and I give lectures and stuff like that, and I tell people that they're just like their eyes get really big and they shake their head and you see the light bulbs going on. And they're like, yeah. yes, <laughs> that makes so yeah. much sense. You know, yeah. it makes yeah. so much sense. Well, speaking of, you know, we talked about, you know, people bringing their health back into alignment, whether it's Hashimoto's or just being tired and not, maybe not having that going on or people's hair falling out or rashes or any of these crazy things. We talked about hormones. We talked about food. Now, let's talk about the critters. What do you mean by critters in the body? Are you talking like beetles or like what are you, are you talking about, bugs? What are you talking about? Yeah. So, um you know, right now, all the medical books that are in medical school that medical students are being um, being taught by uh, uh, taught medicine are obsolete. And the reason that is is because of this human genome um, project where scientists mapped out 
all of the human genes, right? So we went and we mapped out human DNA, and so we looked in humans and said, okay, you know, humans have this gene, this gene, this gene. It just went from top to bottom, and they put a fingerprint on human DNA, right? Well, the surprise was that when they started looking at all the DNA that is in humans, only a very small part of it was human. So on a good day, we have 10 times more bacteria in us than we do human cells. And then on top of that are the viruses. And then there is the fungi, right, that people get in their sciences and uh, other places, you know, the candida and so forth. So we have this huge ecosystem. We're this walking ecosystem that has to be get gotten in balance. And so we've kind of alluded to the uh, overgrowth versus the infection paradigm. Most of the time when people get sick from something, it's actually an overgrowth. This is a critter that has always been there, but somehow it has gotten out of control. Now, an infection is when we get a critter in us that normally doesn't reside in humans. So tuberculosis, for instance, that is an infection. Malaria is an infection. HIV is an infection. But when you get um, a bladder infection with E. coli, when you get a vaginal yeast uh, overgrowth, when you get uh, C. diff or even ACE pylori, you know, that they're seeing causes um, uh, these gastrointestinal problems, those are overgrowths. And when we get into the uh, seminar, you know, we'll talk about um, the different response that has to be to, each, the, to those two different scenarios because you've got to handle one differently than you handle the other. Mm. So you're, you're um, how do you want to say this? I'm going to be correct on saying this. You've got uh, us all crazy on black seed. We're going to blame you for this. And a lot of people yeah. that I know of my friends that are listening, they're crazy on black seed too because even when I get yeah. it, I can't even keep it. So does black seed oil and even essential oils, you know, because we'll, you know, black seed oil is a high, it has a lot of, for those of you that don't know, it's black cumin oil and it has a lot of volatiles in there and it's very, it's very medicinal in itself versus like, um, it's in this, it's a fatty acid like olive oil, which also has a lot in there too, is medicinal and sesame oil versus an essential oil, which is like lavender and oregano and things like that. They're it's not fatty acid. They're um, they're um, aromatic ring based. But the um, the I just totally like impressed myself with what I just said and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so the black sea. So here I go. Here I, I know exactly what to say. So when we are using botanicals that have properties that go after critters, are we going to create an imbalance using, say, black seed oil with, you know, that bacterial, fungal, viral level, or is that going to bring us back into harmony and balance? That, yeah, that's going to bring you back into harmony and balance. So there's a synergy that is with your essential oils and with uh, the black seed oil. So the black seed oil, so, you know, the power that you have, with the frankincense and the laver and you know, a lot of those things is that, um, you know, the reason that the plants are making those things and the reason that these were such prized gifts that the wise man brought to Jesus 
was that those key critters under control. So back in the days when they didn't have refrigeration, the way that they kept things from spoiling was to slather, you know, these essential oils on them that kept the critters at bay and kept things from going rancid because it didn't allow critter overgrowth, right? So, um, you know, that's why these were such prized um, uh, gifts, right, to the baby Jesus. So, when, uh, so that's the power that you have with those essential oils. Then what the black seed oil brings to the table is that plus, though, these essential fats that do a couple of things. One is that they are building blocks, so these, uh, your, uh, the membrane of every cell right, is composed of these uh, fats, right? so the omega-3 and the omega-6. And that cell membrane is actually how, that's the lungs for the cell, that's how it breathes. It'll, that how it allows good nutrients to come in, and then that same gateway, it pushes uh, bad stuff out. So if that membrane, if that cell membrane is not properly structured, then good nutrition can't get in, and then waste material get, can't get out, and you have a toxic cell. Right? So that's one uh, important thing about those essential fats that are in in the uh, the black seed oil, but then also, as with coconut oil, as with olive oil, those fats are what also what allow that plant to survive in a microbial world. They are anti uh, have antibiotic, anti fungal, antiviral, even anti parasitic. You know, I found that in the black seed oil uh, properties that help us also. So one of the things, you know, that I mean, I'm a uh, huge geek, as you know, uh, from following me on uh, Facebook there. And when I was in one of, going through medical school, one of my jobs was I, I um, worked for the food nutrition department there at Texas Tech. And so I set up the first high-pressure liquid chromatography machine there, HPLC. And what HPLC does is that it fingerprints uh, a substance, and it will tell you every different chemical that's in there. And so that's what I uh, was one of my jobs, you know, was running stuff through HPLC. Well, when, you know, I got this, well, even before black seed oil, you know, I've been, I would send stuff through HPLC, but the a more advanced technology now is called gas chromatography, right? And it does um, what HPLC does, but better. So when I started importing the black seed oil, one of the things, you know, to make sure that everything that was in there was supposed to be, uh, I mean, because these guys are over there uh, uh, across the water, right? I mean, they could be sending me anything. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I had it tested with uh, with gas chromatography and, and mass spectrometry, right? So those two are the gold standard, you know, for uh, fingerprinting chemicals. And it came back with this dossier of all the chemicals on there, right? And there's like, I mean, over 70-something different compounds in there. But one of them was actually Ascaridol, which is a uh, an anti-parasitic um, uh, compound. And then along with that, you know, were all the terpenes and the atom, aromatics and the volatiles, you know, and the uh, these essential fats and that type of thing. So, I mean, this stuff is just off the charts, you know, as far as being uh, a superstar in order to, to keep us healthy, you know, for several different, uh, with several different mechanisms. So is the cure for black seed oil fever more black seed oil? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, before we move on, I just want to tell people, like, I, I can't. I want to hear the whole scoop on black seed, and I know you're going to give it all to us when you teach us. But I will say um, one thing about uh, black seed oil specifically in regards to essential oils. 
to me, I think it is the ultimate, most fabulous carrier oil on the planet. I layer on my essential oils, whatever you know, whatever it may be, and then I, I put the black seed oil over it. And even when I was working on rebalancing my glandular system, I did that. And it was, it was like, I, I like my, the way I say it is black seed oil like puts essential oils on turbocharge. Like it just takes them to the 10th level of their action. It's almost like it, it's a nitrous trip for the essential oils. It just, I can't believe how it magnifies their action. So, well, One of the things we'll have, to, we'll have to play with, now, you know, I said that this inflammation that comes from critter overgrowth in different organs, uh, a couple of those are pretty accessible to us, one being the thyroid gland. So when people have Hashimoto's or Graves' disease, this inflammation of the, the thyroid, you can have them apply that black just directly on the thyroid gland you know, and reverse those antibody levels, you know, within a month. Uh, I would be interesting. I would be interested to see which of your young living essential oils that that would synergize with and then maybe to make that happen faster? I don't know. We'll have to talk about it because I, I did, uh, let's just say I did use to be compliant and uh, appropriate. I did use some essential oils for glandular support to maintain healthy levels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, that would be really cool to look at because there's a handful of them that we can play with. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, though, is Bali. You, you, people even asking me because I've done a couple periscopes on you. <laughs> Good thing you're not on there yet. You could see what I'm saying about you. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was telling people, and I get these email messages, people coming to my Facebook. What's Bali? What do I need? What you know? Do you want to talk? Like <laughs> I, I'm like thinking, you just need a grocery list, but they don't know that. You know, it's just so funny, but. That's really, when you talk about nutrition, you you have put together, I think, because there's all these fad diets, and my master's degree is in nutrition. I mean, that's my passion. I love nutrition. But you've taken, uh, I, you've just made it, you've taken it and done research on this, and you've made a list that is so incredibly simple, I think, for people to follow and transition to. What what is the the basis of Bali? You know, what does the acronym stand for? And 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 share a little bit about that because it's so it's a it's a it's the cornerstone of people's health is this nutrition. So again, that's another tool that's readily accessible there on the website. If you go to the website and then you click on articles, you'll come to Bali Eating Plan, and it'll tell you all about. And kind of the history behind it and what the acronym stands stands for, and so that's another tool that um, you know everybody listening just has you know free access to. But Bali stands for basic, and then the A is antifungal, antioxidant, and then the LI low insulin. So when um, you know when I started to realize that this critter overgrowth was the uh, the fundamental cause, you know, stimulating the inflammation and so forth, and there was a food link. Well, again, geek me, I goes, go back into the, the lab, and I want to find out which foods will kill fungus the best. And so I, I line up all the Petri dishes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that up on Facebook tonight. I mean, that's the actual experiment, right, the Petri dishes. I'll show that. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> and it so is, I you like, guys, it's incredible. Yeah. 
I uh, I lined up all these petri dishes and I inoculated them with candida yeast, right? And uh, and then I set about doing uh, aliquots of different um, extracts from different plants, right? So I would do uh, you know purple cabbage, and then I'd squirt some uh, juice from kohlrabi <laughs> and garlic and and so forth, and see and 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 if 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 the food had antifungal killing power, then it would leave a clearing, right, a, a clearing in the middle, right? So if it didn't have any um, uh, any antifungal power, so like one Petri dish, I just put water in, right? And so in that Petri dish, when the fungus grew, I mean, it just grew all over. It's com- completely white, right? And then in for a uh, what we call a positive control, I added diflucan, so we know for sure that diflucan uh, kills candida yeast, right? So in, with the diflucan, there was a clearing area there where the candida couldn't grow. And then anything that replicated that clearing, it was because it had antifungal killing power. So so like when you see the one that uh, that where I put iodine in the petri oh. dish, I mean, it looks like just a nuclear bomb went off. I mean, there's no candida, you know, that goes there at all. And that is a very good indicator for us that we should all be supplementing with iodine, right? I mean, that is such a powerful um, uh, anti-critter overgrowth mineral for us. And so that that was the genesis of the list, right? So if you were a food that, you know, made a clearing in the Petri dish, right, then you went on the ballet list, right? So, and then I just continued to do that. And then once I um, it went through that. Then I started to get the uh, you know kind of the why you know or a um, a line on which foods I could predict that were going to make a big clearing. So these purple foods, right, and foods that were hot, you know, like uh, uh, turmeric and um, uh, the capsaicin, you know, that's in hot chili peppers and that type of thing. So the ballet eating plan is not an exhaustive list. But it leads you, it puts you in the direction or in the mindset of looking at foods for their antifungal properties, right? Uh, and so if you're, you know, there's a food that, you know, you're interested in and you want to know where I want, I wonder if that's Bali. Well, you can, you know, easily get on the Internet and look up whether, um, you know, eggplant has antifungal properties or you know, cinnamon has antifungal properties. If it has anti-critter properties, right, then that, that makes it part valley. The LI on the uh, the end, LI stands for low insulin, and if uh, people have heard about the glycemic index, so food that raise your blood sugar, so foods all raise your blood sugar, The um, how much they raise your blood sugar uh, gives them a number, right, um, above or below 100. So sugar is arbitrarily given the number of 100. So uh, the way that it makes your blood sugar rise, if something makes your blood sugar rise higher than sugar, then it's given a number above 100, lower than it's given a number lower than that. The LI on Bally, and so when your blood sugar goes up, then your pancreas responds by elevating your level of insulin, right? And insulin is the hormone that makes us store fat. And so any foods that make your blood sugar go up, they're going to make your insulin go up, right? And so the LI, it's really indicative, uh, a reflection of low glycemic foods. So we want to choose foods that have a glycemic index of 55 or below, and that's going to make them low insulin. 
part. So that that's basically what Bally, uh, what the acronym stands for. Oh, oh my goodness. I have like 40,000 things I want to go into a conversation with, but we'll be here till like 2 in the morning. Um, so <laughs> there's, uh, for those of you that um, are wondering where this is at, his website is drfit, D-R-F-I-T-T dot com. And then up on the right side, you'll see a little button that says articles. Click on that, and you'll see the there's information there on the Bali eating, and you can find that. And there's also an app you can download for your phone that's called Low GI. I'm pretty sure what it. That's what it, I, I can't read it from my little phone here, but there's a, a an app that you can look up the glycemic index of all the foods in case it's not on the list. You'll know, and it's um, it's really easy to to find you know, all that different stuff. So you said that. Um, Iodine is one of the big dogs for supplements. I know there's one other one that you you you're like on the top of the mountain beating on your drum about one other particular thing, and it it has to do with your stomach. So if there's one, yeah. what what is the one thing that people if they don't have this they're not going to have anything. Yeah. So hydrochloric acid, right? And, again, you know, something that I didn't learn in medical school, but I had to follow the physiologic breadcrumbs of, you know, so one of the initial things that I got into after, um, I guess maybe the initial thing that I got into was the, the candida thing, you know, the candida overgrowth, right? It was all about, you know, bringing down levels of candida because I, I, I found out that when I would treat people for candida, when they would you know, follow this um, candida diet, it was at the time, and then I would give them a 30-day prescription for this pharmaceutical diflucan that kills uh, candida. Wow, you know, they would come back, and, I mean, they had lost 15 pounds, and, you know, the rashes were gone, and, you know, the energy is back and that type of thing. And so, but there was this, um, the revolving door again, right? So then two months later, you know, they were back, and they were full of yeast again. And I'm thinking, um, well, you know, I could make a really good living off of this. You know, if people just keep getting sick and come back to me. But I would really, you know, like to get them well, and so they didn't have to come come back to me. So I got back more into the physiology of what allows for candida to overgrow. Well, one of the things that allows for candida to overgrow is temperature. So as temperature goes down, then candida grows better. <clears throat> This is where the thyroid comes in. So the thyroid hormone, of course, is the hormone that allows us to uh, maintain this temperature of 98.6. If you start getting down below that, then it's kind of like the food on the buffet line. If that food gets colder, cooler than what it's supposed to be, then critters can overgrow, and then that can make you sick. Well, the same thing, you know, with your body. So thyroid hormone is kind of our, our sterno that keeps us at this temperature where critters don't overgrow. Well, then the other thing was the hydrochloric acid. Um, that's the other way that we keep critters under control. And, of course, we talk a lot more in depth about that and how to figure out if you have low hydrochloric acid. But our bodies produce hydrochloric acid. Our stomach does. That's one of your primary ways that you keep critters under control. Uh, every time you eat, you have to sterilize that meal with this production of hydrochloric acid um, in such a way that, it changes your pH in your stomach from um, so your pH in your bloodstream is around 7.4, uh, 7.45, and that's the basic you know part of the valley eating plan. But your cells in your stomach have to pump enough hydrogen into 
uh, into that environment so that it drops that pH uh, down to two. I mean, which is a, a huge shift, and mm-hmm. that huge shift in uh, pH requires lots of energy. So this is the connection between low thyroid and hydrochloric acid. If you're low thyroid, you're low energy. If you're low energy, you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid. If you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, then you're going to have critter overgrowth and a multitude of other things. Uh, I mean, hydrochloric acid is just one of the most um, powerful and versatile and um, you know, fundamental nutrients for our, our health that there is. It's just amazing to me you know, that we never learned about that in, in medical school. It's just, just unbelievable. But but that's going to be a key thing that people walk away with from our seminar is this understanding about the power of hydrochloric acid. Yes, because we could, like I said, we could just go on and on. There's so much information that we could do. But the the thing is with the thyroid you know, having dysfunction and people, the temperature's dropping, the HCL drops, then the candida comes in, you see blood sugar problems, and you got diabetes, and you got, it just becomes this cascade of, of a hot mess, you know, and, and the, you know, addressing these roots, you know, with the work that I've done with you and Kevin, um, I could say that I, you know, I was eating perfect, I, seriously, I was eating perfect, but because my thyroid was not functioning properly, my adrenals were somewhere out in, on the moon, um, I my um, what is it? My A1C was at 5.7, and that was eating like perfect. I'm totally not kidding you guys. It was perfect. But when I started doing this protocol and and, and you know, adding these things in, getting my thyroid back online, and you'll learn exactly why this happened in the seminar. But my my A1C went from 5.7 to 5.1 in a matter of a few months because of what Roby's going to teach at the seminar. You understand the physiological reasons why that happened. Why did I have high blood sugar when I was eating low glycemic? I was eating no grains, no starches, all protein, low glycemic vegetables. You'll find out why that happened and why many of you are dealing with these, you know, these blood sugar issues because of the thyroid. Well, I'll leave it at that because I'll spill the beans if I keep talking. So let's, let's wrap up. You know, I get these are my favorite subjects, Roby. You know, nutrition, thyroid, adrenals, hormones, digestion. Oh my gosh, it's like a dream for me. That's why I'm bringing you to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm such a selfish girl. No, <laughs> for those of you that are really pumped, because I am pumped, and we don't have a ton of seats, but we are bringing Roby to Minneapolis. It's October third and fourth. Uh, coming up here, and I'm uh, hold on. Let me go to my event page. I've got a couple events going on right now. Um, there, it, it's October 3rd and 4th. It's going to be in Minneapolis at the Double Tree. And you can find out all the details and register for that. There's an early registration price, and then there's a late registration price. If you uh, early registration is only until the 18th of September. So we and we don't like I said we don't have it's not like going to be a seminar for thousands of people. This is originally meant to be a very small workshop, but I'm opening it up. I, I expanded the room a little bit so that some of you who really want to learn, you may be practitioners, you're physicians, or maybe you're just a health enthusiast or you want to feel well. This workshop is going to address all of that, and I can tell you we're going to have a blast. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to walk away with our heads going, holy smokes, I don't know if any more could fit in there. But the early registration is 447 and the late registration is 525 So you save like $75 by registering before the 18th. 
and you can find the registration. It's very simple. It's just Roby, R-O-B-Y, Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, workshop, W-O-R-K-S-H-O-P.com. Just go to RobyMitchellWorkshop.com and you will find the information on, you know, where it's going to be and all that jazz. I do have a room block. You can always email me, reply to the emails I send to you guys or connect with me on Facebook or whatever, and we can um, get this all set up for you and, and get some rooms um, discounted in the area. But it's easy. Why we chose Minneapolis? Because, A, it's obviously close here, but it's, it's a really easy inner uh, airport to come in and out of very budget friendly um, there's hotels everywhere there's great food there's great sites so we figured that you guys will have a lot of fun if you're flying in if you're local of course you already know it's really cool here but that's why we just moved here <laughs> two months ago <laughs> it's just fantastic but the um the workshop the registration is open now and like I said, it's not going to be a huge group so if you're thinking about coming please register ASAP, and then we'll keep that registration. If it doesn't sell out, we'll only be till the 18th, and then it goes to the regular registration price, which is $75 higher. And $75 is a lot to be saving. And Roby's going to go into depth, into protocols, nutrition, thyroid. I'll tell you, his thyroid protocol is the most gentle thyroid protocol you'll ever do. And if you've ever been on medications, obviously just don't stop your medications and, and be like that, but you guys know it can be hard to tweak and find the right levels, and the protocol that he's going to talk about is very gentle and very, very efficient. I have never been warm my entire life, even when I was on NatureThroid, which is a glandular you know, isolate of T3 and T4, and I never felt like I do right now than when I was even on that. So you're going to love that protocol. He's going to talk about the autoimmune issues with the, th with the thyroid, how to correct that. It's just reading those labs. I mean, just even if he just was going to do reading the labs, because I will tell you, you will see the same patterns over and over and over in these labs. And he's going to show you what to ask for when you go in to get labs run, how to read them, and then what the next steps are going to be. So you'll be very empowered, and you, you might be teaching uh, others the same information. So we're going to be really, really excited to have this um, this event here. And if you have any questions, contact me personally, of course. But, uh, Roby, I just can't say enough, and I know we could keep going, but we've got to honor your time, my time, and everybody else's time. So is there are there any things that you want to leave anybody with before we hang up and I'll say my favorite quote of the evening is the membranes are the lungs of the cells. So <laughs> that's my favorite thing that you said. But do you have anything that you want to leave everybody with? Well, I would, I would just say that this is kind of a one-on-one -on -one course if uh and it will be I think a springboard. Some people are going to want to go to another another level and I can see uh, me coming back and then teaching this uh, wait is over course to uh, a core of people that are you know want to go the the next level so so this will definitely again be a I mean just learning this information is going to empower people to a level where they are going to be going out and uh, helping people in a way that you know medical doctors and uh, other people are not going to be able to so it will definitely just coming to this course is going to put you at a status above everybody else, but it will also, again, put you in line to go the, the next step if you decide to. 
you know, one thing I want to leave uh, and talk about real quick is that, you know, if you, even if you're in an area and you're frustrated because you can't find any doctors, you know, Roby doesn't practice anymore, but there are practitioners that are going to be there who are taking on clients and patients. And uh, I know that they're going to be there. So it's going to be also, you know, you're going to get educated, but you're going to network with the most amazing people. And that I know for sure. So I don't want to spill too much on that, but there are going to be some really amazing people there, besides Roby and myself, of course. But uh, it's going to be a great networking event. And you guys, your socks are just going to be just like blown off your feet and you'll have to be wearing sandals in October. But uh, one more time, the website is robymitchellworkshop.com is where you can find out the information on the class and then the information for all the stuff that we talked about tonight. Roby's personal website is drfit, D-R-F-I-T-T dot com. So whew, let's, uh, let's finish up this call, and I'm going to open it up and so all of you can say good night. Hang on, everybody.